0: You know, church is is crucial. Sometimes people look at church as, well, we went to Dairy Queen, we went to the park, we went out for breakfast, we went to church. And it's just kind of an afterthought for so many people's lives. But according to what Jesus said, it's the church that he's building. And if the church is building, it says the gates of hell won't prevail against us. The church of Jesus isn't growing and building. Then gates of Hell are making inroads that we've got to stop. And so the choosing of a church and where you go is where the five-fold ministry equips you. One person said, well, I just need community. I said, good for you, but your community is going to be run over if your community doesn't learn the word of God, the principles of God, and rise up and learn to speak the word, learn how to pray, use faith. Yes, we are a community, but we are a community that needs to invade the darkness, needs to reach out and touch wonderful, beautiful people who just need to know Jesus. And the fivefold ministry that equips the saints for the work of the ministry. And uh, so I love church, I love Sundays, I love all the things the church does during the week. And so it's exciting to have you here today as we go into God's word. Let's pray as we always do for our leaders. Father, we declare right now for the leaders around us that influence our lives. Leaders in education, leaders of cities, mayors. We pray for leaders of provinces. We pray for our government. We pray, Father, for health care. We pray for business. Father, we pray for every person in leadership, and we ask that you would surround them with wise counselors and take out the rest. We pray that, Father, where leaders have an evil agenda, we pray that they move them out and move in men and women after your own heart. And we declare Canada follows truth and freedom. Canada follows, Father, victory and what your principles and your word declare. Father, we just speak this over our nation in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I'm going to entitle my message today, How to Pray for Your Nation Against an Enemy. So many people don't know how to pray. They just have no idea. Prayer has gone in so many directions. Over the years, I remember as a young man, the intercessory prayer movement, so going off the rails and getting into works, you saw the word on the screen where it said, um, we don't trust in man. We don't put our trust in flesh. We put our trust in God. Prayer, if it's not done correctly, becomes a work of the flesh. And it feels good perspiring and screaming and binding and loosening and, and all that. But it has no effect at all on the planet other than to bring doubt and unbelief into your life unless... As Jesus taught us, that it's from the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Then it teaches us that what's in our heart flows forth. Prayer must come from the heart. So I wanna to talk to you today about prayer. I wanna teach you uh, immediately how to change if you've maybe not been taught this or you haven't looked at this. You know, there's a, a precious verse in the Old Testament that says, Let God arise. His enemies be scattered. That is a beautiful prophetic look at the new covenant. See, God is arising through you and I, through our prayers, through our actions, through finding our place in the body of Christ, through finding our place in society, the church of Jesus Christ, rising and advancing. This is God arising in us. And the enemies, plural, are scattered. Always remember, according to Jesus in John 10.10, that whenever anything kills something steals from you something, destroys something in your life, that there's a spirit force behind it, and that our warfare is not with people. There are times you will have to stand up to people. There are times you will have to shut people down. Uh, But it says that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities' powers. And so behind all of that, there is a force, a dark world. And so we need to recognize how to pray. Now, the greatest battle that any child of God will ever fight, the greatest battle the child of God will ever fight, is the battle of faith. Now let me explain that. Because until you deal with this, this is our first uh, session that we're talking about today, until you deal with this, you may as well be spitting poof balls, because prayer done incorrectly has no power. And prayer done incorrectly will literally manifest and deepen your unbelief. People don't pray in the church world today, probably because prayer was ineffective and it didn't work for them. And they lost faith in God. They got ticked off at God, and many leave the kingdom of God. By that, I mean they just they walk. Because they prayed, nothing happened, and no one taught them what prayer is. And so we've got to recognize that in the new covenant, since the cross, the only fight that we can see is the fight of faith. And so this fight, according to 1 Timothy 6.12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were summoned and for which you confessed the good confession of faith before many witnesses. Now, to lay hold of eternal life in your physical world, it, it is to understand these two words: eternal and life. Eternal means it's never stopping. It doesn't matter where death does not mean the cessation of existing. The word death actually simply means moving into another realm. And there's different meanings. There are about three different meanings for the word death. But eternal life, eternal is the time frame. Life is the kind of life. And everyone keeps thinking eternal life just means being saved. No, no, no. It's way more than that. This life in the Greek is zoe life. And it says that you were summoned and that you must confess a good confession. As we understand this new life, as a born-again believer, we've got to understand that religion, which I hate, says you're forgiven, and now you must work at getting better. Now you must work so that you can please God. Now you must work so your prayers are answered. And there is this subtle, horrible disintegration of who you are and your position as a believer. So whenever you try to pray, He will always have something you haven't done enough of or you've done bad with or you haven't done something and He will cause you to waver. Wavering is always spoken about at the heart level. A good man from the good deposits in his heart brings forth good things. An evil man from evil deposits in his heart brings forth evil things. A world-changing man or woman with world-changing deposits in their heart brings forth world-changing things. This prayer has to come from the heart Your vain repetition of prayer, your begging, bugging, pleading God, screaming at demons, binding and loosing. All this stuff that does not come from an understanding from the heart is meaningless. And not only is it meaningless, it destroys faith. Faith must come from this new covenant from the word of God and you we must understand it. It's not too hard to understand. Holy Spirit is always here showing you and I how to be who we are. Now, the thing to understand is that Jesus Christ is the high priest of our confession. It doesn't say he's the high priest of your faith. It doesn't say he's the high priest of your actions, doesn't say he's the high priest of what you're thinking, doesn't say that he, he says he's the high priest of your confession. Now, hang in with me and just let go all your preconceived ideas about teaching from one end to the other. Jesus is not the high priest of your confession over me. Your confession has nothing to do with me. I don't care whether you blog it, whether you lie, whether you say things about me, whether you accuse me. I don't care how hard you are on me, how negative you are, how much you disbelieve your confession. Jesus is not the high priest of when you talk about me. Isn't that beautiful? Doesn't matter what they say about you. Doesn't matter what they lie, what they do about you. He's not the high priest of their confession over you. He's the high priest of your confession over you. So get up and speak. Because if you don't, then you're going to discover that there's a earthly impact that takes place. We need to recognize that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. And when you understand this word confession, let's look at the high priest. In the Old Testament, they would kill an animal so that when there was sin, the penalty of sin, which was death, would go on an animal. It would divert from you to an animal. And the high priest would take a little of the blood that was shed by an animal to keep you alive, and it would be presented to God. Look, a life was taken for this sin. And God's favor and blessing and wealth and healing and prosperity and protection from enemies and the would all flow in their life because a high priest brought this on behalf of the people to God. But Jesus is no longer standing before God with some blood of some animal. He has already won and declared uh, who he is. And so he is now the high priest of our confession. Whoa, what you say is powerful. Whoa, what comes out of your mouth? The angels, the Bible said, are listening to. Jesus is listening to. The enemy is listening to. People are listening to. Your body is listening to. Your family is listening to. Your kids are listening to. When you understand the power of a spoken word and that Jesus is the high priest of your speaking. Oh, Leon, now... Now it's also talking about prayer because prayer is confessing the finished Word of God, the promises that are ours. Now, when you go into the book of Hebrews, For those who love going through the Word and studying it on your own, and you should be, Hebrews 3.1 says that, Hebrews 4.14 says that, Hebrews 10.19-23 to says that. He is the high priest of what you're saying. What are you praying? What are you speaking? And it teaches us there to be faithful, keep saying, be persistent in declaring the promises of God over your personal life, over your marriage, over your kids, over your grandkids. You can even pray for people who don't exist yet. You can pray for your great-grandkids and declare that generations of your family will serve God, be taught of the Lord. And and as you pray, as you speak these words, Jesus is the high priest. Jesus is the intercessor. Jesus is your lawyer standing at the right hand of God. And every time a born-again believer from the heart declares the word Word of God. He is there. And his intercessory role, he's not praying. You are praying. He said uh, in the book of John that I'm no longer praying for you. You now speak in my name. And by father will give it to you. A name. This name of Jesus was used by the early church with stunning results. Can I ask you a question? So much of what goes on in our world, the enemy just t- tries to creep into our lives and discourage and just destroy your ability to have faith, to believe in the word of God. Because your five senses are continually streaming into your mind. And so your mind, if it is not continually renewed, it's not it's not like, oh, I got it renewed. Now I'm done. No, it's an ongoing renewing of your mind because your mind has five senses ongoingly bringing in physical things that aren't going the way you want. And so you're not to look at what you see, but at the things that are not seen because the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Meaning if you live your life by your five senses, you'll give up, you'll get discouraged, you'll give in. Uh, You'll just say, well, this is the way things are. This is reality unaware that a spirit world overrides a physical world. And so we must learn that we are spirit beings and physical bodies, and that as we are here, we have an ability to pray. We have the honor, the opportunity to use the name of Jesus, that power of attorney that is given to you and I to use his name. And when you have the power of attorney over someone, you have access to all their buildings, all their finances, everything that their name would sign on any dotted line and give them, you have access to. And so lawyers who read the word of God and understand the new covenant, they see this name, Jesus. But let me ask you a question. Before Jesus came on the scene... What did, name did they use to swear with? Because today we hear his name all the time. And it doesn't release any power at all. It just releases a little frustration for most people. A little ticked off feeling and they use the name Jesus. Somehow, the enemy got it into everyday vocabulary as a meaningless word, but just a word to use to spit this vituperation over someone. My mom always said, swearing is a small mind trying to express itself forcefully. Why? Why take this name of Jesus and diminish it? Now, when you read about the wonderful, beautiful name of Jesus in the scripture, when the disciples used it in the first generation church, when they used the name, demon oppressed people will be completely set free. When they used the name. A crippled man would walk in front of a crowd. When they used a name, they went in and took out cities. Not by sitting in a room, praying and praying and praying. Oh, they prayed. But by getting up and sharing this name from the streets and the marketplaces and the everywhere they went. And it just totally transformed cities. It transformed everything. But today, the name of Jesus is kind of just... A swear word just its kind of the way you end your letter. Sincerely, Leon, in Jesus' name. No, it's not. And until you go into God's word and you understand what is entailed in the name, you won't use it with any power because it has meaning. It's meaningless. Like the person swearing, so is a born-again believer using the name Jesus with no belief or understanding of the scriptures attached to it. And so we've got to understand that Jesus is the high priest over our confession. And when we begin to to declare promises from God's word, and then we say, in the name of Jesus, that all of heaven stands behind that name. That all of the power and the force and the authority and the resources that are in the name of Jesus. You see, this new covenant is not between you and God or we would have destroyed it the first day of being saved. This covenant is between Jesus and God, and I'm in him, and he's in me. Therefore, when I speak in faith, which simply, listen, needs to be just from the heart. Just learn the word of God. It gets into your heart. Stop praying. Do I have enough faith? This much faith? This much faith? Enough faith? Too low faith? No, no. Just get into the word. Learn the word. And you'll understand that prayer is a completely legal issue. The greatest miracles I've ever seen have not been emotions. And I get emotional quick. I find that when I pray for others, often I'll sense this incredible compassion and love, and, and I'll start to cry. But prayer is a legal thing. And you can cry and sob and get before God, but Leon, the Bible says he keeps our tears in a vial. Oh, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. But he's not saying that's how prayer gets answered. In the New Covenant... We must understand the legality of prayer. Which is why Jesus, the word is at the right hand of the Father. He ever liveth to make intercession. That word intercession is the word used for lawyers in a court of law upholding your rights. When you pray... Jesus, at the right hand of the Father, is standing there, and you say, well, is he begging or bugging God? No, God can't wait to give you the kingdom. All he's got to do is turn and see the nail holes in his hand. All he's got to do is turn and see the scars all down from the thorns when he died in our place, that Jesus stands there and establishes this new covenant. And when you get up and pray, you pray with a. Th- There are cities and nations and promises quoted all through the word as he speaks to nations and cities. And so as believers begin to rise up and declare, my nation serves Jesus. Leaders rise up that have wisdom and that will keep us free. As you begin to declare things over and you learn to speak from the heart in the name of Jesus. Well, let me show you another thing. There's lots of different uh, beautiful examples of what prayer looks like. And I'm going to cut through about an hour of teaching. I'm going to give it to you in three minutes. The Bible calls the prayers of the saints like incense rising up before God. You'll find it in Psalms 141 as an example. Then there's two really wild verses in the book of Revelation. And it shows us what heaven looks like. In Revelations 5.8 and in Revelations 8.3-5, uh, it says that there were angels before the throne of God holding a bowl and in it was the prayers of the saints. And then they went to the throne room and took fire from the throne room and mixed it with the prayers of the saints. And then shoo, lightning began to just hit, bam, 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 bam. That prayer is like lightning. What does that mean? Is there really? I don't know if he's talking about an actual angel in heaven. It doesn't matter whether this is an example to teach us, whether he's trying to paint a picture to show us that your prayer mixed with his ability, his fire, God is light. So, lightning, that's an easy go. When we pray effectively in the name of Jesus, it's not some pathetic. Little, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep myself sane while I go through all of this. Are you kidding me? The Bible talks about using the name of Jesus at the very core of the dark world trembles. That the dark side does not want even to hear that name Jesus spoken from the heart. Leon, what do you mean by heart? Well, the Bible teaches you can speak to mountains, but if you doubt in your heart... The mind and the heart are different. The mind is your conscious mind. The heart, and it's not the same as subconscious, but it's very similar. It's below your conscious thinking. It's where who you are, your deepest beliefs are in the heart level. And so as we begin to not pray the word, and we don't renew our mind daily, and we don't spend time with God, which is abiding in Him. this you know, doubt creeps in and you don't even know it. It's like cheap underwear. It just keeps creeping up on you. And all of a sudden you don't feel like, you're, I don't feel any power. I don't know if I have any. No, because this abiding in him, this abiding in the new covenant word of God is so crucial that if you don't know, you see, the key To the cross moves on. The cross is one of four things Jesus did for us. He died on the cross. He paid the price for our sins. But if he would have stopped there, then we'd have been forgiven people trying to live right. What a mess that would be. We couldn't live right before. Why would we be able to live right now? So he rose again and he became the first born again, the first begotten Because there was going to be a lot more. And when you give your life to Christ, it's not just a forgiveness of sins. The power of God, whoosh, ignites in your spirit, man. And you become a new nature, the nature of God, not a nature of fear, not a nature of sin, a nature of God. Now you've got to renew your mind to get it into agreement because it's accepted all this doubt and all this weak thinking and all these Murphy laws and all these things you've done wrong and all this old you that is now dead. And then he died, he was buried, he rose again, and then he ascended to the Father at the right hand. And he told his disciples, before I go, up until now, you have asked nothing in my name, because they asked him and he did it. Now ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. Let me give you something that just puzzled me about this. I found that now that I pray every day and have for years and just spoken the word of God over the things around me, that I seem to walk in a perpetual peace. And I seem to walk in a perpetual joy. I seem to walk in a perpetual power that as you go through life, and I'm like everybody else, I'm not talking that I'm some superhero. I'm just saying this thing about my emotions, how I feel from the very depths inside. People say, well, you, you know, you seem to really be like pretty level. No, I'm not level. I'm worse than you. I just have found that when you pray, a dynamic peace is maintained. That when you pray, a dynamic joy is maintained. And as you pray, there's a power source that is always there so that when you do pray, it's like lightning. It's just, bam. Ever been in a lightning storm, it blows your mind. It's just, you know, you're sitting there and all of a sudden, which tree did it hit? You can't make rhyme nor reason out of it. I was sitting on a plane one day in Chicago, looking out the window, and the lightning hit the tarmac right beside the plane. I thought it was supposed to hit the tallest buildings. I thought it was supposed to, all these rules, it just, you never know where it's going to go. It's like last week's message about time and chance happeneth to us all. Why did we stop praying? Why didn't we ever start praying? Why do so many churches build community but not the Word? It's nice to have a community that can help watch you suffer. But I'd rather know the Word and support one another. I'd rather know how to pray from the heart so that from the deepest parts of my heart where God's Word makes incredible changes, that when I pray and I speak in the name of Jesus, that things happen. And I want to just challenge you today. Yes, we need earthly strategies. We need to train people. We need to find their right places, their giftedness. We need to put together management and administration and find leaders. And, and yes, in our churches, and our businesses, and our governments, we want the gifted people in the right places. That's the earthly realm. But in the spirit realm, we need to pray in the name of Jesus. Because of all the attacks that come uh, to stop how we live, to stop how our country is, to stop how your business is, your health is, to push against your body, your family, your inheritance. It's always going to have the dark kingdom behind it. So we don't fight against people unless we have to. We pray against the forces that are behind it. And this name of Jesus is the power of attorney to you and I. The more you learn, From the new covenant about what it means to die on the cross, his burial, he went to hell in our place. Hell's not going to be in my future. He went to hell in my place. When he died for my sins, he died for both my past sins and my future sins. And so I'm in the family, period. I'm qualified, period. Should I live right? Absolutely. Because the people around me appreciate that. I'm not mad, angry, killing, stealing, lying, cheating. We all appreciate that in our marriages and business dealings and families. Of course we are. But to understand the authority that goes with a born-again believer with the name of Jesus has been established before you. And it is here and it is yours. And for you to continue to, well, gosh, golly gee, I sure hope God uses me. That's not humility. That's stupidity. And if you want to live your life like some, well, doesn't the Bible say we're like, we're like sheep to the slaughter? No, it doesn't say we are. It says we are as. Big difference. I'm not a sheep to the slaughter, ain't no one slaughtering me. I use the name of Jesus. I use the power of God. Angels are there. The Bible says, my enemy, their own sword enters their own hearts. They dig a pit for me. They fall in it themselves. The Bible says, when God arises in me and in my life, my enemies are scattered. Like, as you begin to know, there's been such poor teaching done for the body of Christ that we are, churches just think we're just just like sheep to the slaughter. That's all we really are. Jesus, blow the trumpet, come rescue us quick. Things are getting bad down here. Oh, man. When you begin to understand who you are and whose you are, and that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and that human body, all banged up and bashed up, is the only body in heaven that will have scars. There are people who have died in traffic accidents and fires. There will be no scars in heaven. They will look beautiful and amazing, except... For Jesus he's at the right hand of the father scars intact because they create this eternal picture that you and I are forever forgiven that you and I have access forever to the name of Jesus to not get his word and deepen it into our heart because we renew our minds I, w- I went through a time in my life as a young man 19 and 20 where I knew so much of the word and I had renewed my mind yet I couldn't see the results in a physical way. And I began to study the heart and I began to recognize that my heart needs to experience Jesus. It needs to allow the dreams and the visions of God's word that Holy Spirit brings to impact my heart and my meditation time with him. And as I began to do that, I begin to lay my hands on the sick. I begin to speak and declare over things, and I begin to see the miraculous take place. And I've learned, and I've failed, and I've made mistakes, and I've won, and I'm at a place where I begin to recognize why do I only pray when I've got problems? Why don't I just keep praying when things are going good so they can become great? And why don't I just keep praying so they're not just great, they're incredible. And why don't I just keep praying so they move from incredible to supernatural? Because I'm going to keep speaking the Word of God and not just wait till a problem comes. When you speak the Word of God, Jesus is the high priest of your confession. Keep getting up in the morning and declare His promises. You want to pray over yourself, your family, your, your nation, leaders, get up and simply declare and it gives God the right. It allows the name of Jesus. Man, it accesses all the power of God. In the name of Jesus, I declare and start speaking what your city will look like, what your business will look like, what your leaders will look like, what your nation will look like. And if the church of Jesus Christ would get up, know who they are and what prayer is, all of a sudden, we're going to find a massive change. Someone said to me, wow, this is the end times. We expected this. Really? So he's coming back for a defeated church. No, he's coming back for a glorious church. When the word glory is used and you see God's glory, you see his power on display. You see lightning on display. You see victories on display. You see families and homes and and countries that succeed and rise up. It's the glory of God. Man, we're the church. We're the only hope this world has is for us to get up and pray find our place get out and speak share the gospel everywhere we go so that we've got people who even vote right because they know christ and they're not deceived you can deceive your heart james says or you can begin to feed your heart the word of god and a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things he doesn't sitting around waiting for god to do it A world-changing man or woman brings forth world-changing things. This Jesus on the inside of you. Use the name of Jesus. Learn to know who you are and keep speaking the word. Be persistent. You know, Jeremiah was promised as a prophet. God said, I'll make your forehead harder than their forehead. I'll make your face harder than their face. You know what he's talking about? Persistence. He's talking about a devil like behind Goliath saying, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to feed your body to the birds. Devil always over. He's an exaggerator. Everybody meet an exaggerator? He's so far off that you don't know what to do with him. David just walked up and said, I'm going to take your head off in just a minute. Grabbed the stone, took him out. Why did we listen? to wrong news, stupid news, arrogant news, demonic news. Get up and declare what God says, against what the news says, against even what your doctor says. I love my doctor friends and I get checkups all the time. And when they say, Leon, you got this, all right, give me a few weeks here. I'm gonna to begin to speak to it and pray. I like it, but I don't take their word as a final say. I don't take an investor's word as a final say. I get up and declare what God's word says and I work with all those expertise people, you bet. I pray that you would make a decision You want a different country? You want a different town? You want a different family? You want a different you? Get up and speak the word. Pray the word as done. Because Jesus has already won the victory. He needs you and I to declare that. And out of that, the name of Jesus releases all the favor, the power, and the authority of God into the situations around you. Father, I pray that you touch each person sitting here today. I pray that we would stop listening to words over and over and over of just some paid news anchor or journalist or scared politician. And I pray we begin to declare what the Word says, what the promises say, what kind of country, what kind of family, what kind of health, what kind of freedom, and as we speak forth the promises of God. Father. It's like the lightnings of God that come out of anywhere and things begin to happen. I pray that you'd wake up the sleeping giant of the church as never before and give them this potent, powerful understanding of praying from the heart in the name of Jesus. I pray this in your wonderful name. Amen and amen. Well, I hope that helped a little bit. We've got a long ways to go on it yet.